Pitt Panthers are the ACC Coastal Division champions after a 48-38 win over Virginia. We're going to talk about that on today's show, what it means for the one voter who believed in the Panthers. Everyone knew it, right? Of course not, but that makes it more exciting. We also got to talk about how the Atlantic is still anybody's game between NC State, Clemson, and Wake Forest after Wake Forest kind of had a rough showing in Death Valley. Ken Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack is here to talk about it, break it down, and then we also got a little basketball conversation because, you know, tis the season. Let's get into it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Candace Cooper, Ken Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack here to kick off Monday's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Ken, I hope you had a great weekend. I know things were a little shaky at first in terms of no scoring for Syracuse NC State game, but they seem to turn it around. How you feeling? You know, NC State took care of business. Um the the hopes that they had of getting to the ACC championship it was slim to none, and Slim had one foot out the door. But they turned on they turned on Slim's jam, and they Slim said, "Hold on now, I'm gonna have to step back in the party. Wait a minute now." There's still a chance for Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest. We'll get to that conversation. But one team that has solidified their spot in the championship would be the Pittsburgh Panthers. This is their second Coastal Division championship in four years. They won back in 2018. Jordan Addison, Kenny Pickett look like the one-two tandem that, of course, got it done against the Virginia Cavaliers. 48-38 to was your final score in Kenny. Had some moments where we were very questionable, didn't know necessarily if he was going to be able to deliver, but got to shout out Brennan Armstrong for being able to get that done and have fight. Unfortunately, that Virginia defense just could not hold against those Panthers. What were your thoughts towards the game and how exciting was the finish? I mean, both quarterbacks were playing a little banged up, but at the end of the day, we all knew this was not going to be a game uh, that was predicated on oh, you have to be super strategic. You have to do everything the right way. in order. To it was going to come down to who had the ball last at the end of mm-hmm. the day. And the reality is um, Pitt was able to execute a little bit better than Virginia. They were able to to find a, just a couple more soft spots than Virginia. And, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, missing assignments definitely with that Jordan Addison final touchdown that Virginia was within three and then got it increased by 10. It was very hard to see because you just knew that Virginia was giving all they had. Brendan Armstrong coming off rib injury didn't play in that Notre Dame game, but was able to muster up some sort of all for his squad. Had one hell of a performance. A lot of people were giving him the nod. He was 487 yards on the day. Certainly something to not hang your head about. Kenny Pickett, 340 yards, two interceptions. What we're not used to seeing from him is those uh, musky interceptions, but 202 yards for Jordan Addison. We talk about the fact that, to me, he's one of the more slept-on receivers in the nation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Around this conference, everybody knows how Jordan Addison gets down. I don't think there's any doubt inside the conference when you start talking about best receivers, Jordan is going to be uh, one or, or one B. At lowest, I, I couldn't imagine anybody putting him lower than the third best receiver in the conference. All he does is go out there and gets open. That's all he does. He's always open. I mean – they might as well nickname the man 7-Eleven because he is always open, 
doesn't matter the time, the day, the weather. Uh, the 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 rain last week was the demise of UNC. He could still get open. You look at this week, Virginia. We knew that their defense was going to be bad. We knew they were going to give up a lot of points. But man, it it looked like it looked like Mario knew where the hole in every zone was. He knew how to trick every defender. And oh yeah, I'm a gently go over. Ha, psych. It's a it's a vertical route. Like it, he everything he did uh, seemed to work. He deserves all the credit in the world, and, and Kenny Pickett as well. Kenny Pickett as well. Again, people have been very upset at us for being critical of Kenny Pickett, but they got the job done. They're coastal champs. Now let's see what happens. Uh, and by the way, I would like for the uh, the uh, ACC Network crew to give us credit for Atlantic Anarchy because we started that. We started this barbecue business. So, <laughs> you know, y'all better give us some thanks. But, yeah, um, it's, it's going to be a great one to see who they're meeting up with in Charlotte in a few weeks. Absolutely. Now, I still think when it comes to Atlantic versus Coastal, Atlantic has a slight advantage. I think Pitt's going to have to figure out some things defensively because they certainly let Virginia stay in that game when they probably could have put it away in order to win an ACC title. But Pat Narduzzi, the defensive mind here, he's supposed to be this big prowess. How important was it to have Pittsburgh, who literally only one who was able to vote in the media, voted for them to win the ACC Coastal? It's crazy to me that nobody considered them even a contender but maybe what how all the cards were stacked for other people that didn't necessarily come out to play was the reasoning. Well, Mac Brown blamed the media. He blamed us. And, 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 and again, everybody said I was a hater and called me everything but a good Christian when I said this UNC team is losing 4,000 yards of production and we're all pretending like it's not happening and they can just replace that. And boy, were, were folks wrong. So, I mean, that, that's that's the first thing. And then the next thing is everybody said, well, if it's not UNC, Miami with De'Ara King, that's the squad. That's the squad. Manny's going to coach that defense up. It's Miami. They're going to have great talent all over the place. They're going to be able to do something now because they got a quarterback. The one thing that they lack for a good amount of time. So they're going to be the next in line if it's not UNC. And lo and behold, De'Ara, his body could not keep up with the load that he was expected to reduce throughout the entire season. I don't even think he made it out of the first half of the season. So, Yeah, I mean, well, when you start out with Alabama, that's certainly difficult. Those guys, you know, pounding you after literally every single series. But more importantly, I would love to know what kind of season Miami probably could have had if Tyler Van Dyke was at the helm the entire way. Now, would they have had their growing pains? Of course. But could they have been more in the conversation than they are right now? Probably. Because there was still some fight for Miami up until the last couple games. So I would like to know, based on what information, what what information is telling you? And, and I mean, Tyler Van Dyke—that's what's telling me. Do we want mean to go to run his numbers? I mean this with all all due respect, mm -hmm. because when you run his numbers against their Kings, they basically have a close to the same impact. Derek King slightly more impactful because, according to advanced analytics, every rushing yard is worth approximately two and a half to three passing yards. Sure. So what are we looking at that's saying, oh, if Tyler Van Dyke takes on Alabama, that's a different game. Uh, growing pains, definitely not going to win that game. If Tyler could've Van Dyke takes on the Michigan game, They could have been in the game, Michigan State. But then again, Miami's defense was terrible. But I understand what you're saying. However, I think that the team has played differently with Tyler than they have than they were with De'Eric. This team has seen worse competition 
with mm. Tyler than they okay. did with De'Aaron. That's so all. NC State is worse competition than Michigan State. Than Michigan State and Alabama, absolutely. I will Not Alabama, listen. Michigan State. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People see. Here's the thing. We and and this is. I'm a, I'm gonna get on my Mac Brown grizzly right now because we have got to talk about this thing that the media does with recency bias. Yes, Michigan State got blasted by Ohio State. They got yep. took out to the woodshed. Ohio State whooped them like they had to take off work to come get them from school. I get it. I mm-hmm. get it. You're not going to tell me that Michigan State is all of a sudden a team that's, that's just known for pissing down their leg this year. But they I also think my, you don't think NC State could have made a, a run for that, and that's the same team that Miami took to the literally the very end of the game and ended up overcoming? I don't think NC State could have made a run for what? You don't think the NC State Miami team could have beat a Michigan State with Tyler Van Dyke? Absolutely okay. not. Absolutely. Okay. And again, and again, this team is looking good. They're coming on better. Who did, did they beat? They didn't beat Georgia Tech this week. Notre Dame played Georgia Tech. Who? I'm sorry. Who did Miami beat this week? Miami beat Virginia Tech. Man, get- stop. <laughs> All right, all right. Anyway, so so well, so. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold uh-huh. on, hold on. Let me let me make sure I got this straight. We're comparing Virginia Tech. We're comparing NC State, who at the time was down an All American linebacker and lost an All ACC linebacker. Everybody got somebody time. going on. Everybody has an issue. And so lost like- their their best guy in the secondary, and Cyrus Fagan. That get well before well before then. But you're telling me that those teams are who you're comparing to who they played early in the season. Okay, okay. Round it out. Come on full and just say that Tyler Van Dyke, there would have been no difference. That's okay. That's your point. That's your point. Okay. No, listen. Respect to Miami for circling the wagons. Respect to them for winning the games they're supposed to win. Because again, in the ACC, winning the games you're supposed to win is hard. It's very hard. So respect to them for that. But let's not start revisionist history about, oh, if Tyler was there, (laughs) I'd Michigan State get. I think, I, think, I think the team played differently with Tyler, but that's just my opinion, and I can have that, and I'm sticking with it. So all that to say, it doesn't matter because in, in the day, Pittsburgh is going to the ACC championship, and now we've got to change focus and talk about the rest of the games over the weekend for week 12. So let's have that conversation. After I remind you guys, if you are ready to get into some daily fantasy, you have to get in on prize picks. It is daily fantasy made Easy for all of you college football fanatics. It's the leader, and more importantly, it offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all-star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors that you may have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers props you can... You can every prize pick offer comes from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. It allows mixed sport entries and use the award-winning app today by going to the App Store or Google Play because you can make your entries in 60 seconds or less. Prize picks is really that easy, safe, and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Ken Gibbs here from Locked On Wolfpack. He covers the NC State Wolfpack every single day. You can make sure you listen to him up to 30 minutes. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnACC, or you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We have got to go over a couple of these Week 12 games because they were some big ones, big implications. As we mentioned, the Atlantic is still very much wide open. There are some 
scenarios. There's still a chance for three teams in this bad boy, but let's talk about the two that are certainly making everyone sweat a bit. Wake Forest and Clemson. Clemson on senior day deciding that it was going to finally show up. DJ finally having the coming out party that I have been waiting for this entire season. Better late than never, I suppose. 48-27, to the Clemson Tigers took on the Demon Deacons and handed them the first, well, not the first, but the biggest L to me of the season. The the Wake Forest-Carolina game was a head-scratcher. You wish you could have that back. Showed flashes of Carolina being an actually decent team. But this one, it really exposed to me the Demon Deacons. And like, okay, there's a lot of flaws here. And unfortunately, it's kind of too late in the season for the other teams to really rally the troops. I don't see them losing to Boston College. But you never know. Crazier things have happened. For you, can know, what were your thoughts around this game? I know you've been talking about books being cooked. But... What did you feel about DJ's performance or Clemson in general's performance? What a novel idea. What a <laughs> what a crazy idea that you're playing up against one of the worst running defenses in the nation. And you say to yourself, well, if they're bad at stopping the run, we should probably run the ball, huh? Hmm. Hmm. What a novel idea. And I want to touch on something you said there. You said the, the biggest L that they took was this game. And that that was a bit of a head scratcher against UNC, but they were exposed in this game. I disagree. They hmm. were exposed all, all along the way. They allowing, just got lucky? Allowing massive amounts of points to some hmm. of the teams that they were allowing massive amounts of points to. People knew. People knew they cannot stop the run. The secondary was the better part of that defense. And then the secondary suffered some injuries. And so – the fearless leader of Dave Dorton is he goes out and figures, oh, we're going to throw the ball a lot. Look what's happened. But now back to this game. Wow. Dabble. What a guy, right? What a guy. He's he, Even on the worst year, even on their down year, they're still right there, right? Right on the outside. I'm, I am, again, uh, when, you, when you run trick plays, when you get tricky, you trick yourself. Dabble knew better. He said, this team cannot stop pace, cannot stop Shipley. Can I stop DJ when he decides to pull it down? Let's just run it. Let's run it 40 times. They can stop us 40 times. They stop us 40 times. But we're going to run this football. There and was wait a, for Oh, There's also a time that we saw for the first time this season, A.T. Perry getting called for offensive pass interference. The offense getting exposed a bit and Sam Hartman just getting sacked after sacked, being able to be not get things going and rolling and getting that offense driving like usual. I, I said, wait a minute now. When that when that rep threw that flag and I said, hold on, did they get they got ladies and gentlemen, we got them. We got them. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Because again, this is you could believe it. Dabo definitely did a little phone call, like, hey, just make but, sure you guys know this game. I want to see some pass inter- offensive pass interference get I called. I mean, my, my whole thing of why I couldn't believe it was because when you see rependers penalty, sometimes the ACC misses once on big penalties. Every now and then they miss twice. But a lot of penalties, either they're not going to call it and you just got to live with that, or after that first time they get together. This time it took them two times to get together. Obviously, certain teams are upset by them not getting it together sooner. But I'm glad that we're finally getting to that point. And I I think that that should be a, a, a moment where we look back. And like I said, at the end of the day, I think we should either officiate that rule properly or get rid of it to tell defenders – this is what the rules of engagement are. Deal with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that 
that was a, a very interesting call there. And, and the interesting thing about Wake Forest this game, as well as against NC State, they were not very sharp the way that they were earlier in the season offensively. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about it is their defense doesn't give them uh, enough ground to not be sharp offensively. Like if you look at why Clemson was so dominant for so long, it wasn't just about the offense. It was also about the defense that had every leader, every All-America, all, all of the things over there. Because even when the offense wasn't performing well, you still had to move the ball on them. And even when the, the defense wasn't playing well, okay, great. You've got to stop uh, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, da 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 like on and on and on. And mm-hmm. so um, this is a situation where, where at the end of the day, Clemson did enough, but Wake also shot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in the foot against NC State, but Doran pissed down his leg a lot there and, and just was unable to realize, oh, wait, we're undefeated when Bam runs the ball 10 or more times. Maybe he should run the ball 10 or more times. So That is very much fact. So here's how it's playing out, right? Wake Forest goes to Boston College this weekend, and they will play the Eagles. If they lose, it opens up things for Clemson and NC State. How so? Clemson has to have Wake Forest and NC State lose this way, um, excuse me, this weekend in order to get into the ACC championship. NC State, who thankfully beat Syracuse 41 to 17, has to beat Carolina and Wake Forest has to lose to Boston College. They'll find themselves in the ACC championship. So there's a lot on the line here for NC State. They're rooting for the Eagles, obviously. Mm-hmm. We also have Clemson, who's rooting for the Eagles, and they're rooting for Carolina. NC State will play Carolina this weekend. And, of course, we know that just because there's not necessarily anything on the line for either team, Carolina's not having to get into – have to get a win to get bowl eligibility here. NC State has to win, but they know that they're going to have a postseason either way. It's still in-state rivals. It's still going to be one of those matchups where you're going to have to play your best ball. I'll, I'll say this. Um NC State and UNC play on on Friday, so their game is going to uh, be before Wake Forest and, and Boston College. And I see it like this: at the end of the day, NC State is in on should be on high alert because what UNC does best is throw the ball to Downs. That's what they do best. That's what they do better than anything else. We have shown. NC State has shown they can stop the run. They've shown that. But they have also shown that they have weaknesses in that secondary. When there's a, a prime time receiver, those DBs start to shaking in their boots. <laughs> they start getting a little nervous. They start, oh, oh, he's he going to be playing on Sundays. I don't, I don't know if we can check them. They, mm-hmm. they lose their wits about it. So um, the reality is, before we talk about anybody else needing help, if you're talking about the top three teams, uh, number one, Wake Forest, just go out there and do your job. Go out there and win. If you win, you're in, period, period. It don't matter what happens with who else. Because regardless of what happens with NC State, Wake Forest, you still have to win. Because if you lose, unless Clemson is already, and I believe Clemson's game is uh, before there. No, 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 it's after theirs. Because Wake Forest, Boston College is at noon. So, you have to do your job and win and get in. Now, NC State, yeah, you need help now. Congratulations. This is what you get. So with that being said, y'all got to do y'all job on Friday. And then 
You've got to hope and wish and pray that Phil Jokovic and Jeff Halfley live up to what everybody's been saying they are. They've got to live up to it. And Wake Forest has got to wet the bed in that game. And now, Clemson. Dabo Sweeney said that they're like a hurt dog on the side of the road. They need some help. Well, you're right. Y'all need a lot of help. Y'all need a lot, a lot of help. You need for uh, Boston College to do their thing. You need for UNC to do their thing. And you need you need to win yourself. Well, time to show and prove. Time to show and prove. And I, it, it'll be the most NC State thing in the world if they back into uh, a conference championship game like this. That'll be the most NC State way to, to get in. <laughs> most NC State way in all of history. No doubt. All right, we're going to switch gears and go a little bit of basketball talk here before we wrap things up. But first, remind you guys that if you have not yet tried Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to eat. But Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that I know that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bar has all the health benefits as well with being low carb, low calorie, and high in protein. Just purely delicious and so many flavors, including coconut, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited flavors every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're here with Kenton Gibbs wrapping up today's show, and we are going to go over some ACC basketball, men's basketball at that. A couple of great games over the weekend, some head scratchers. Most teams took care of business, but certainly wanted to highlight some that had a little bit of trouble. Colgate beating Syracuse, that was one where we weren't quite sure what happened with the Orangemen there. And also Carolina dropping two, losing to Purdue and Tennessee. We'd love to get your thoughts first on the Colgate-Syracuse situation. As we know, NC State was a team that struggled with Colgate, but ultimately was able to pull it off. I mean, that Colgate team is experienced. They're deep. They're, they played a lot of games together. I, again, we talked about mid-majors and the impact that them just playing together and growing together is having, which you would think would be uh, a thing that wouldn't get to a team like Syracuse that is old in their own rights a little bit, that has got a lot of guys who play together in their own right a little bit. But, I mean, hey, the game is the game. Uh, there's a reason that you go out and play the games, especially with Syracuse being a, a team that people have pegged in like the, the upper middle of the ACC pack while NC State was uh, believed to be a little bit lower than them. But, again, that's why you play the game. As far as UNC's losses, they lost to number five and number 17. Like, you're not too too broke up about that. I mean, this is Hubert Davis's first season as head coach. And, and so with the squad that he has, they have some ball players. They have some guys who are, who are going to be playing in the league uh, fairly shortly here. But at the end of the day, nobody was expecting this team to run the table. Nobody was expecting yeah. that. So. I think it's yeah. – you know, clearly all around going on in UNC, every athletic program learning defense is going to be something that everyone wants to figure out quickly, but not panicking. Not, I don't have high expectations for Hebert Davis, if I'm being quite honest. Just want to see a good season. I think that if you want to have good games, having Carolina be in those games, especially with the Purdue one, that's one where I think you get blown out, right? That's the one where I think last season you go walk away with your head hanging low, like, oh, here we go again. The Tennessee one, 
gave me the, what I thought Purdue would be in terms of ended up Tennessee blowing away with it. So they've got to regroup and just figure out who they are and their identity quickly because if you turn the ball over a lot but then you can't play defense, it's going to be a long day for your boys. So no need to panic just yet. Still getting to the season. I think when you start getting into conference play for everybody, that's when we can get some true evaluation. Kitten, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Sure thing. You can find Locked On Wolfpack wherever you're currently listening to this podcast. Uh, or you can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter. Um, you can find me at TGIF underscore Kenton on Twitter as well. But there you will get the person Kenton, not the sports broadcaster. So there'll be, you know, there'll be all types of things. But just letting you know, that's where you can find me. It's always great being here, Candace. No doubt. Guys, come back tomorrow. JJ Jackson, the building locked on ACC. Follow us on YouTube on, excuse me, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, all of that good stuff. Until next time for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs.